When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wow, she's back. Is America a better country because uh, Brittany Griner is walking around it again? Hey, oh, by the way, pretty crummy basketball player. Totally mediocre. Uh, what boy, oh boy, did we get had? We got had all over again. Uh, gosh, that poor guy, Paul Whalen. Did you hear him? Did you hear it in his voice? He is something really bad can happen to this guy really, really soon. Uh, maybe you were watching my show last night. Uh, Victor Bout, the person we traded for, Brittany Griner. I just want you to hear two profiles, okay? One's from 60 Minutes, and one is, uh, Brittany Griner. One is a cell phone. Okay, one is cell phone footage, and one is sixty minutes. Sixty minutes did a big profile on Victor Bout, the inter- international murdering arms dealer uh, that we just set free. Okay, sounds like a pretty bad guy, uh, even according to the fake news. This is back in twenty eleven or so. Cut twenty six. Victor Boot, uh, in, in my eyes. Um, is one of the most dangerous men on the face of the earth. On the face of the earth? Without a doubt. What makes him a threat to the United States? He is a shadow facilitator. He's arming not only designated terrorist groups, uh, insurgent groups, but he's also arming very powerful drug trafficking cartels uh, around the globe. Wow. All right. That's really, really serious. That's a, that's a high-value asset in a way, you know, when we have a, a chip like that. He committed the crime. He was sentenced to 25 years. He got out less than halfway into that sentence. And who's Brittany Griner, by the way? Here's Brittany Griner in her own words. Who's, who's more valuable uh, in enhancing national security? Okay? Cut 27. Normally we have practice around... Stop. I know that's hard to believe, but that is her voice. <laughs> She's... Uh, you know, you're not being transphobic or whatever when you say, I think there's a great big question mark about her gender status, right? That's okay. The way she looks, the way she talks, uh, I don't know, man or woman. Uh, I'm not trying to be cute. I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm not trying to anything. But, all right, take it from the top of Please Cut 27. Normally we have practice around 10-ish. Then it's like, what am I going to do for the rest of the day? It's freezing cold outside. I sit here and I watch movies all day. Play video games till like nine at night. Wow. She, she shoots hoops in the morning, watches movies all afternoon, and plays video games at night. What a productive member of society, huh? Oh, and she smokes a lot of weed, too. And she brought that weed to Russia. Uh... Russia probably had their eye on her. Did I hear that she went to Russia when they were urging Americans to not go because of the oncoming war with uh, Ukraine? 
I got to look at the dates. And she's been missing since early this year. Did she go in violation of a State Department order and or recommendation? Huh. All this trouble. And all this, uh, now our national security is at risk. This guy, you know, it's not hypothetical. I know some of this stuff sounds like, it seems like a video game. It's all over there. No, it's here. Uh, weapons, uh, tens, hundreds of thousands of weapons. He's given to African children, by the way. African children. You ever see the pictures of the child soldiers in East Africa and West Africa? Child soldiers with AK-47s. Terror groups. Al-Qaeda. The Taliban. This guy gives them, has given them guns. And (laughs) I, I, I see they did not throw him into Russia prison when he got back. They gave him a great big bear hug. And it's back to work. I, I saw the liberal, the crazy liberal judge who sentenced him, Shira Scheindlin, on CNN last night saying, oh, this is all totally appropriate. He wasn't going to, he's not going to go back and do any of that stuff. He's, you know, let's face it, he's an old guy now. I mean, what is he? How old is he? 75? No, he's 55. He's got about 30 working years left. <laughs> 55. And Shira Scheindlin, the judge, oh boy, more on her. In just a little bit. Uh, this is the worst thing that we ever did since Bo Bergdahl. Remember that traitor? Cut 28. This morning, I called Bob and Janny Bergdahl and told them that after nearly five years in captivity, their son Bo is coming home. I'm also grateful for the tireless work of our diplomats and for the cooperation of uh, the government of Qatar in helping to secure Bo's release. We've worked for several years to achieve this goal, and earlier this week, I was able to personally thank the Emir of Qatar for his leadership in helping us get it done. Well, they celebrated the homecoming of a traitor. Bo Bergdahl was a traitor. We gave five members of al-Qaeda, five from Guantanamo Bay. We handed them over for him. What is up with Democrats? Why give up Democrats? Just this is not the way it's we, – we got had. We got had. You know, America, we used, to, we used to own our enemies. I know this is a dramatization, but I want to go back to a movie called The Patriot with Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson is a, is a guerrilla warfare expert, basically, during the Revolutionary War. And we're fighting the, uh, the British Redcoats, and we hate those guys. And the Patriot, Mel Gibson, is really good at killing them. Well, they take him prisoner, and they let him go. Prisoner exchange. And one of the prisoner one of the British officers is like, Are you crazy? This guy this guy's very good at killing us. He's gonna you're gonna let him go? Cut twenty nine. Mel Gibson is walking out of the jail and he sees the guy who recognizes him from the battlefield. The British guy is really mad right now. He goes up. the prisoners. Yep. They're all leaving. And this guy's like, what? General, what is this? Prisoner exchange. He has 18 of our officers. Who is he? I recognize him. He's the commander of the militia. Your ghost. Your ghost. He's very good. This guy, Mel Gibson, was legendary at killing British soldiers, and they were letting him go. And this one British uh, guy was like, are you serious? What the hell? Cut 30. This is madness. Madness. If you harm him, you condemn our officers. With respect, sir, he's killed as many officers in the last two months. You see? 
He's like saying, this guy is a high-value target. You're just letting him go? And what are we getting in return? Nothing. I don't exactly remember what they got in the movie in return, but it wasn't much. And so the British guy is so mad, he starts taunting Mel Gibson as he's being let out of the British jail. Like, I'm going to get you. You're you're a bad guy. And listen to what Mel Gibson turns and says to him. Cut uh, the next one, 31. You! We're all the ghost, are you? I remember you and that farm, that stupid little boy. Did he die? Hmm? You know, it's an ugly business doing one's duty. For just occasionally, it's a real pleasure. Before this war's over, I'm going to kill you. Oh, man. He's getting out of British prison, and he tells the British officer he's going to kill him. And he, he does. Victor Bout is probably going to kill a lot of people. A lot of people facilitate their death with weapons. That's what he knows. That's what he does. He's an arms dealer. He's been embraced. He didn't do anything wrong in the eyes of Russia. They gave him a great big bear hug. By the way, did you know he was in federal prison in Illinois? And now he's raising a big fuss. He left a bunch of drawings back in his prison cell, and he wants them back. Knowing Joe, Joe will uh, Joe will mail them to him tonight with a with a Christmas card. Bad stuff. And, of course, we've got good guys who are still there. The, the problem with Paul Whalen, ex-Marine, falsely accused of espionage. He's been in Russian custody since, uh, what, four years now, almost four years. Now, he's got a couple of uh, big marks against him. You ready? He's white. He's a man. And we believe he's heterosexual. Okay? He does not check any of the boxes. Hence... They leave him back in Russia. They're not going to stick their neck out for him. Cut 32. I would say that if um, a message could go to President Biden that, um, you know, this is a precarious situation that needs to be resolved quickly. And um, I would hope that he and his administration would do everything they could to get me home, um, regardless of the price they might have to pay at this point. Some people have been looking at this, listening to this, and like, wow, that's... uh Probably some of that message was authorized. The Russians maybe want to put it out there that they're thinking of killing this guy. And that can happen. Remember Otto Warmbier? You probably don't, but he was a college student who was taken by the North Korean authorities and uh, held there for several months. They convicted him of, like, I don't know what he did. He spat on the sidewalk, something very minor. And they put him in a prison camp, and something happened to him. He came back with this weird neurological disorder. And he died like four days after he got back home to America. I mean, the North Koreans killed him. The Russians will do it. They're gloating, by the way. They know they got us. They know they have the upper hand here. Man, it's pathetic. I showed last night on the Newsmax show what Joe Biden brings to the table as far as ability, as far as skill. A big smile. That's it. That's it. Big smile and a handshake. That's all he knows how to do. Uh, he's doing it all his life, you know, <laughs> that's just really amazing. He really works on that smile. And um, when it comes to a president, we need more than somebody with a big smile. Isn't that right, President Donald Trump? This is an amazing moment. He's not even old enough to be president. He's 34 years old in 1980. 
And the guy had such success, such command presence. There was an aura about him that they were asking this man, this 34-year-old man, about his intentions to someday be president. Would he or wouldn't he? Um, this is on national television, actually. I think this might have been his first time on national television. Rona Barrett is her name. Uh, listen to the question. Listen to his answer. Cut 35, please. Would you like to I'm be sorry. Hold on a second. United Did I make it quite clear that this is Donald Trump? This is Donald Trump. 1980. He's 34 years old. You got to be 35 to be president and um, take it away. Would you like to be the president of the United States? I really don't believe I would, Rona, but I would like to see somebody as the president who could do the job. I would dedicate my life to this country, but I see it as being a mean life. And I also see it as somebody with strong views and somebody with the kind of views that are maybe a little bit unpopular, which may be right, but may be unpopular, wouldn't necessarily have a chance of getting elected against somebody with no great brain but a big smile. No great brain but a big smile. <laughs> Sounds like somebody we know. You know, at that very moment, 1980, Joe Biden had already served six years. Wait, he'd already been reelected to the United States Senate. He was just on cruise control, getting reelected from a state, by the way, that's smaller than some counties in New York. In the state of New York, we have counties that are bigger than Delaware. He blew it. And so does his team. You know, well, uh, Biden is, you know, 80 and totally out of it, but he has good people around him, right? No, he doesn't. He has weaklings, weaklings. And I'm sorry, it's a weak country right now. Be right back. Greg Kelly. Information. This is the Greg Kelly Show. Uh, this is me. Oh, I watched some of the... Uh, Harry and Meghan nonsense. It's episode one. Boy, oh boy, does that suck. Um, she's complaining about, oh, I have to bow before the uh, queen. She's laughing and saying what a joke that is. Um, Winston Churchill did it. Um, Ronald Reagan did it. <laughs> uh, but she can't do it. She also tells this uh, harrowing story about how somebody allegedly 30 years ago called her mother the N-word during a road rage incident. And she's going to pieces about it, that word, horrible word. But 30 years later, you're still reliving all that stuff. Um, no, I think it's uh, a game you're up to, the victimization game. Boy, she's perfected it. And look at that house they live in. It's in Montecito, California. It's a huge uh, mansion. You can see the ocean from it. And i really wondering, is it worth it? Was it worth it to sell your family out? One of the worst things I heard was when, uh, how does he talk? He, talk, he kind of talks like, I don't know. Prince Harry says, you know, some people in my family, they, they married people that they, were supposed, they thought they were supposed to marry. And I didn't do that. I didn't do that. My brother, perhaps. Kate seems like a really nice lady to me. She's alive and well, and she's going to see this. Leave her alone. I guess you got to, you had to get that hundred million dollars somehow and Netflix wanted this documentary but they're willing they're they're so into it anyway just terrible people what different oh she has a chicken coop in her backyard I thought that was weird I already called the police I looked up the ordinance she's not allowed to have that chicken coop so that's my small contribution 
what else about that? Um, you know, let's hopefully it's nobody really likes it. It was boring. It was boring. I didn't. Uh, I couldn't get into it. Hey, wait a second. I was just talking about Otto Warmbier, the young man who went to North Korea and was taken prisoner because he spat on the sidewalk. And he died shortly after he got back to the United States. Diane from Freeport, what do you know about this? I just remember the story. Uh, he basically was supposed to have taken a poster down in the subway in Korea, and they detained him for that. Yeah. Didn't I kind of already say that? No, you said he spit. Well, all right. Um, same, same, said- same difference. I thought you knew the guy or something like that. Oh, no, 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 no. But it was a terrible story, and Trump got him out. Unfortunately, it was too late for him, but hey, we got Brittany. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, right, we got and uh, We got her. We're okay. Let me just check that date. Trump was the one who got her, got him out? Yes. Yeah, I know the family was very, very upset with Obama because they dragged their feet. It was right, it was very early in the administration, right? Very early in the Trump uh in the Trump era. Anyway, I mean, seriously, this negotiation stuff that the media says, oh, that's uh, that's nonsense. That's just stuff from his uh, book, his ghostwritten book. No, that's real stuff. It's a real it's a real talent. It's a real skill. And nobody in our government has it. Tony Blinken, he does not have it. Everything he asks is in the form or says is in the form of a question, even declarative sentences. Hey, just real quick, tell me about Freeport. Are you near the canals? Do they still there are canals in Freeport, right? Absolutely. Woodcliff Canal, the nautical mile. Great. And they still you still can go out fishing for the day? Absolutely. And I think this weekend or next weekend they're gonna have the uh the parade on the water. They have boats go around the canals and all lit up and celebrate. It's really What's nice. the crime situation there? I remember as a kid it was a little on the edgy side. What's it like now? Down the nautical mile? Just in general. Just, no, you know, uh, Freeport always gets a bad rap. They get a bad rap. Well, I, uh, I one, of the, one of the reasons why I was a victim of a crime in Freeport. <laughs> I mean, I just, I, I, it happened to me as a little kid, but, uh, but it's, all, it's all good now? I, we're like every place else. You know, the world's crazy now. Nothing matters. You're not I know. I shouldn't anywhere. hold it against Freeport. I, I do have, have really nice uh, uh, memories of uh, the boating. We went on several fishing trips. My mom loved it. But it's funny. It's the first thing. Just like the country of Morocco. Freeport. I was mugged in Morocco. The first thing I ever think of is that moment. And I shouldn't care, hold it against the entire nation or town. Thank you. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. In the squadron. They called him bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It sounds like it should be a uh, a fake news onion type headline, but the Washington Post, I still am not convinced that this is not a joke. The Washington Post said, you know, Shark Week, Shark Week is this thing that happens uh Every year on the Discovery Channel, people are fascinated by sharks, right? Ever since Steven Spielberg and Jaws, people love uh, sharks, and uh, or they hate sharks, but they're fascinated by them. Uh, those big, menacing uh, creatures, every now and then you spot one, or every now and then there's a scare. And only like two or three times a year is somebody actually bitten. Anyway, uh, they like to uh, play extra documentaries about sharks on the Discovery Channel, and the Washington Post did a story saying that it's actually uh, scientists say that it's racist to do all that stuff because 
the field of shark study, I guess, what, oceanography or something like that, with a specialty in sharks. There are not enough people of color in it, and too many of the people are named Mike. Mike. Uh, you can't be named Mike. That's somehow triggering. Um, it's the easiest thing in the world to go around saying, mm, there are too many white people here. And you know who loves doing that? White people. No, look at how look at how aware I am. Look at how powerful I am. I can go around. I can count the white faces and say, we need to stand back. We need to. That is a power play. That's a great big fat power play. Watch out the next time somebody the next time somebody does it nine times out of ten it's a white person. Well, we're just a bunch of white people. What do we know? Speak for yourself. <laughs> hey, I'm trying to. I got I got mouths to we got tuition to pay. I mean, just I'm going to take myself. Out. Obama does that. Obama can do that. He's already got his stuff made. He can. He's already he's already made. He's already a made man. And his friends and white friends, black, they're already they're already they've done they're done trying. They don't have to give a damn anymore. Hey, what's this all about? Uh, they love this word, a reckoning. It's a reckoning, a racial reckoning. What does it actually mean, though? Cut 36. This is a reckoning in America on the question of race. This idea that we're living in this racial reckoning where everyone's talking about race, everyone's talking about kind of opportunity. Now we're in a moment, John, where people are taking to the streets in a moment of racial reckoning. As you know and our viewers know, We've been living through a racial reckoning this summer. America right now is in the middle of a racial reckoning. and This year has uh, never been more important for truth, transparency, and reliable information. You know what reckoning means? can mean avenging or punishing of past mistakes or misdeeds. And what they're talking about, the systemic racism, you know, 400 years, stuff that you or I had no part of. But if you happen to be white, you got to pay the price. It's really dangerous. It's really silly, but it's happening. It's re- it's really happening. New York State reparations panel just commissioned. Uh, they're further along. They commissioned a reparations panel in California two years ago. They're making their recommend- recommendations. Uh, $500 billion needs to be <laughs> paid to uh, African-American people and other people of color in California. How are you actually going to do that? This is a big amount of money. Something like $250,000 per person is what they're coming up with. What's that going to do? Now, forget about how hideously stupid it is, but what's that going to do to the economy if we start <laughs> writing checks like that, right? It's going to ruin it all over again. That's what they want. Hey, Morty, Morty in uh, Central Jersey. Hi. Yes, sir. Greg, how you doing? Fine. Greg, I, Greg, do you remember me? I'm the uh, kid in the early 20s. You gave me advice. Maybe a week ago, week and a half ago, I asked you for advice for someone my age. No. You don't remember? Okay. Well, I mean, I just – I wanted to call in on um, on Otto. I just wanted to really quickly. Um, if you watch the uh, documentary, he was out with his friends, and he's my he was my age. He was out with his friends, his classmates who were there, and they framed him. They said that they got him on video. They have some guy in a hoodie take down the poster – and the time of the video versus the time he was out partying doesn't match up, but they didn't care, and they still killed him. And if you watch his confession, it's obviously fake. I mean, these people, these North Koreans, I don't want to say it on the radio, but, I mean, they really are. It was just disgusting, terrible. Well, what, we, what did you um, have in mind to say about the North Koreans? I, we have no uh, fire away. I have no regard for the regime, the communist regime in North Korea. What do you want to say about them? I mean, you're not going to say anything racist, obviously. Because there are people of Korean descent that we love. It doesn't matter. It's the it's the regime. So what's your uh, – go ahead. Not the people. Not the people. Just the regime. Those commie bastards, did, what they did to an American is just despicable. And it's, it's just despicable that we 
just stood by. I mean, it, it, it broke my heart when I watched the documentary and watched those parents. Because that could have been me, and my parents would have been on that documentary. Well, what do you mean? Did you go to North Korea? You're not going to go over there. No, I'm not going to go over there. I'm just saying, you know, you could. I'm, I'm, we're the same age, me and him, or he, we would have been the same age. No, I know what you mean. And it feels like America doesn't have uh, our back. Especially, oh, by the way, if you're not a, I don't know, if you're not hip, if you're not in, if you're not cool, and um, if you're not black, if you're not a lesbian, if you don't smoke pot, if you're not uh, a famous basketball player, who's a pretty crummy basketball player, by the way, um, you're kind of screwed here. Uh, just ask Paul Whalen. All right, Mort. Hey, yeah, actually, I do remember. I forgot. But you already, the thing about you is you said you had your, you know, everybody comes to you for advice. And then out of the blue, you said you want just general advice from me. What did I say, by the way? You're right. You told me to uh, you told me to read the Bible and don't give up and keep going. Uh, I think I was a bit more specific than that. That sounds kind of. I think I said something about saving money. Did I say anything about saving money? Yes, you did. Yes, not, you and did. not wishing your you life did. away. Keep control. Of, yes, keep control of my finances. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that does sound pretty. I mean, something tells me you're looking for higher end advice than that. How old are you? <laughs> I'm 24. And and you told me that everybody admires you because you've got it all going on. Why exactly? No, I they they I, I I didn't say it that way. I said I make it seem like I. I you said something along on. those lines. I do. I mean, look, I have I'm straddled with student debt, but I have a job. I work hard. I don't I don't give up. I'm not I don't I'm not complacent. And I don't complain. I'm I do something about it. Yeah, you don't you smoke know, pot, do you? Uh, that was a, that was something in my younger days, high school. All right, no more, right? No. Nah. Ah, you're a little bit. I, I, I call the cops. No, the cops. They'll smoke with you. I, uh, there's not a law against it. Something tells me you're a pot smoker. You do it from time to time, right? I'm, arm, I'm an army brat myself, Greg. You, my uh, dad wouldn't. My dad wouldn't. He wouldn't uh, allow that. Yeah, I know, but you don't do it with your dad. You do it with your friends. No. <laughs> you do, don't you? You do. <laughs> you see, you're probably high right now. You're giggling. Oh, my God. It's good talking to you, Greg. Thank you for taking my call. All right, Morty. Goodbye. <laughs> totally busted. Bye-bye. Totally busted. I should be an interrogator. I could totally—oh, boy. Uh, I did that once before, actually, in the military. Um, you can hang up on Morty now. Uh, I once um, went to this school. They called it uh, Defense Operations School. No, Information Operations School. And they send a person into a room with certain bits of information— and you got to get that out of him, but you don't know what the secret is. It's it's kind of hard to explain, but I was pretty good at it. And you just saw there, Morty. Wow. And the little change, just the little change. Kevin, do we think we, we busted him, right? We busted him. You can tell in the change of the tone of voice. Yeah, you just, there's a, like a, a millimeter, just a little microsecond longer in his response. Bam. Um, so, Morty, you know, quite frankly, uh, my, my, my best advice for you, get the hell off that crap. Get the hell off that crap. I wonder why you're sitting around giggling, seeing, asking for advice. from. Oh, jeez. That breaks my heart, man. That doesn't, I don't want to be extreme here, but that is bad, bad stuff. And I speak from experience. I mean, I did it maybe a half dozen times in my life. Each time was a horrible, well, the first one was somewhat pleasant, I got to admit. But after that, everything, oh, something awful happened each and every time. And it took me like four years to get up the courage to do it again. Finally, never again, never again. Uh, Gary in Pleasant Valley, yes. Yep. Life is empty without a good story to keep us going every day. That was Valentine Intelligent out of the book 
American in the Gulag, 1975, by Alexander. This is what I want to ask you: Is it how do you pronounce that name? D O L G U N. Dolgen or Dolgen? He got picked up in 1956 in Russia, went to the Gulags, got out in 1956. You're on a roll here. I don't know what you're getting at or what you're talking you about. The, you're you know way ahead of me here. Name? I don't know even who I. Uh, I oh, you I, didn't read that one. All right. Uh, nice to yeah, meet I you, Gary. You're kind of like talking mid, uh, mid paragraph here, mid book here. All right. Uh, I'll review this tape later. Thank you, Gary, very, very much. There's something else. Uh, the U.S. Olympic team has now said that you can be a biological man and be on the women's rowing team. Why do we have the Olympics? Aren't they basically part of their mission, actually, is to promote healthy living, working out among the masses? So not everybody can be in the Olympics, but you go to the Olympics, you hear about the Olympics, and you're inspired to take better care of yourself. And now I think the hope is maybe you're inspired to take puberty blockers or you're inspired to mess with your hormones or you're inspired to remove your testicles. Who the hell knows what? Why do they want this? This is a George Soros weirdo thing. I know about the globalists, but the globalists, they seem to want – you know, I heard Meghan Markle say this. Not to quote Meghan Markle, um, but she said, biracial is what it is all about. Everything is about being biracial. Uh, is everything really about that? It does kind of seem, at least the culture. But she was saying, like, ultimately, we must all, there can be no race, no individual. Just to make that a pro- who who thinks like that? It sounds vaguely like eugenics. It's that that creepy stuff. When you start worrying about what what color everybody is, and she wants no color or whatever, it's just weird. Uh, and how did this happen? It's got to be a plot. It's got to be something that we have not come to terms with. How did this? Ha- and how did that happen so suddenly? I keep hearing that the left, they, you know, Saul Alinsky, and this is the plan all along. Really? How did they figure that the transgender thing would appeal to the masses? That you could move masses this way. And this is a, this is how I think you probably lose popular opinion, or is it that everyone's kind of afraid to do anything about it? Uh, oh, Nancy Pelosi, uh, cut nineteen, please. Today we stand against an urgent threat, and we succeeded to, for the values that our nation holds dear. Since the monstrous Dobbs decision, right-wing forces have set their sights on more of America's personal freedoms including the right to marry the person you love. Our history has always been about expanding freedom until that decision. Um, you know, Barack Obama was not in favor of gay marriage. Civil unions was his policy. Civil unions was his position. This goes for Joe Biden, too. You see how they're kind of overcompensating for their previous quite logical positions Joe Biden fawning, literally hugging, kissing, back off, Joe, uh, that lesbian who happens to be married to, oh, what the hell is her name? Brittany Griner. I shouldn't have said lesbian. It doesn't matter what her sexuality is, but, I mean, it's just over the top. Look at me. Look at me with her. Look at this. They love each other, and they're married. He's trying to be, I think, on some level provocative. This is not who Joe Biden is. This is not that phony story about when he's walking around in Wilmington with his dad and Joe Biden is 12 years old and he sees two men making out. 
And the father says, hey, Joe, look at that. That's love. Uh, That was not the reaction in 1959 that Joe Biden Sr. would have to two men kissing in Wilmington, Delaware. I'm sorry. That's the way it is. That's the way it was. And he's overcompensating. And it's insincere. It's totally insincere and overdone. Sandra, do you agree? Hello. Welcome back. Hello. Welcome back to you, too. Yes, I agree. I I wanted to ask you a question, if I may. A lot of my um, conservative friends, they donate a lot of money to the party, and they request certain things are addressed and worked on. But they're finding that not only do they ignore their request, they seem to be doing the opposite. So these people want to know what should they do. Is there someone they can contact? Should they do a petition? What do you think? I don't know. You're being kind of vague here. It's kind of general. I don't know who they contacted, how they contacted, what they wanted done. And generally speaking, I would not think that if I write the Republican Party a hundred dollar check, they're going to like you know, ask me what I want, what what I want. I mean, I think it works that if you give money, you generally agree with the direction the organization or the candidate is moving. Correct? I mean, you're not supposed to turn around and say, I, all right, I'm writing you this check, and now I want A, B, C, D. And, you know, I, I don't think it works that way, and I think that's a little bit uh, – puts people in an awkward position. I, I mean, honestly, I don't think it really works that way. I don't know how much these people give. I don't know who they speak to, but I'm just saying what they told me to ask you. Is there a <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> They asked you to ask me. Wait, all right, I don't know. Right, what else I is going on? What? Greg, I have one more thing I want to say. Bill O'Reilly is upsetting me lately. I love him. He's so smart. I learn a lot from him. But I don't appreciate that he keeps putting Trump down a little bit. And I, I don't think he should be doing that because people listen to him and they're going to start to lose confidence in Trump, which I never will. And I think the more we learn about what's going on every single day, the more you see how light Trump is about. All right. I agree, Sandra. Listen, Bill is Bill knows him. Bill can Bill's an adult. He's allowed to say things. You're telling him you're you just said that Bill O'Reilly should not speak the way he feels or the way he thinks. Then he wouldn't be Bill O'Reilly. I mean, he's got to be true to himself. He's got to call it like he sees it. He may disagree with us. That's fine. That's America. I mean, listen to – come on. listen. He shouldn't say that because so he can say that. He can say it. doesn't have to change your mind. I mean, you know, I mean, it's all part of the conversation. What did he really say, though? I mean, what did he say? What did he say? He didn't say Trump is down and out. He thinks Trump has a chance, right? No, he said he thinks that he should uh, maybe not go anything. He doesn't think he's not hopeful about Trump being uh, the one. All right. I take it back. Boycott Bill O'Reilly forever. Obviously, I'm kidding. I'd love Bill O'Reilly. I mean, you got to. There are a lot of people who think that way. Hey, I did point this out, and Bill was gracious enough to call in when I said Bill was wrong in 2015 when Trump uh, declared for president. Bill said he, he's not going to make it. I said he's going all the way. Who is right? And Bill O'Reilly was so cool. He said, so Bill will tell you he could be wrong. He may get this wrong. I hope he's wrong. He could be right, but I hope he's wrong. And anyway, Sandra, thank you very much. And, of course, buy Bill O'Reilly's book, Killing the Legends. It's a really good one. Uh, it's about the death of oh, uh, Elvis Presley. Oh, my gosh. Oh, John Lennon and Muhammad Ali. It's a very, very good. I think I particularly enjoyed the John Lennon part for some reason. Uh, Anyway, I'll see you guys in a bit. Greg Kelly. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. 
Greg Kelly Show. Hey, you want to know how to get hostages home? <laughs> Ask Donald Trump how to get them home. This is a specialty. This is a passion. Never got any credit for it. So, like he told me once, Greg, you know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta, you gotta play your own trumpet. You gotta, you gotta blow your own horn. You gotta tell your own story. Cut thirty nine, please. I thought I had been forgotten. I nearly gave up hope. I was so afraid. I believed I would die here. American hostages. Forgotten and wasting away in far-off prisons. Wrongfully detained by foreign governments. Americans were beaten, abused, starved, and left for dead. Until President Donald Trump stepped in. The three American hostages finally back on U.S. soil after being held captive in North Korea. We're following some breaking news in Turkey where an American pastor, Andrew Brunson, has been released. An American jailed in Egypt is back in the U.S. this morning after an intervention by the Trump administration. A tough and skilled negotiator, President Trump successfully won the release of detainees and prisoners, among the most of any president in American history. While families waited in despair for news of their loved ones, President Trump provided a new spark of hope by bringing our hostages home. And this was something that he was doing all along. He said he would do it in the campaign of 2016. Who makes that a who makes that an issue? Who features it at the at the convention? This is something this is like a this is an obligation. This is like a pain in the neck. Most administrations don't want to acknowledge it. Uh, No, no, no. This is one of the reasons why he wanted to become president. To get them home. Um, Absolutely magnificent. Magnificent. Um, Oh, we're not going to have to deal with Trevor Noah anymore. He left the Daily Show, uh, whatever. He he took over for Jon Stewart for some mysterious reason. And as it was his last week, you know, his racism at first was kind of subtle. And now it's just overt. He said, screw it. I'm uh, I'm, out of here, so why not? Cut 41. Here he is talking about the... Remember the police chief who flashed your badge down there to get out of the ticket, which is totally fine, oh, by the way. I have no problem with it whatsoever. Pulled over in a golf cart going two miles per hour. No big deal. She said, I hope you're going to let us go tonight. <laughs> so does everybody who gets pulled over. Uh, that's fine. That's totally fine. But listen to how he characterized it. Cut 41, please. Cut 41. First of all, first of all, I think it's crazy that she asks if the officer's body cam is on before incriminating herself. <laughs> Because what was she going to do if the body camera was off? Oh, it's not recording. Quick, dog, whapping over the head. Let's get out of here. Just hit him. And secondly, I love how she does that thing. Like, if you notice it, she does that thing that white people do where, where they act like it hurts them to pull rank over you. You see that thing where she, she's, like, she's like, do you know, uh, it turns out I'm the, I'm the chief of police. She does that thing that white people do. That thing that white people do. I don't think all all white people do anything. I don't think all black people do any one thing. Uh, wow, Trevor. That's a dark heart you got there. Who the hell knows why he's really leaving? I wonder. Oh, hey, it's Christmas time. It's December. I guess it's flu season, right? And who do we take our advice? Who don't we take our advice from? Uh, Dr. Fauci and his sidekick now. Gosh, Dr. Fauci, retire already. 
I mean, I've heard his seven months ago he announced his retirement, and now we're it's just now it's he's everywhere, and then he'll be everywhere because he really wants to show everybody that uh, yeah you see now I just I just really decided to make some money and I could make more money in the private sector if I did it full time. Uh, listen to Jill Biden. Who the hell is she to tell us what to do with our bodies? And listen to how she says it. First of all, it's the creepiest scene ever. She's standing on a stage, very cold, very dystopian might even be the word. And she's standing next to Fauci and a couple of other characters, and they're alone, and it's weird, and it's cold. And she offers this advice. The most important thing you can do to prepare for your holidays is to get your updated COVID vaccine. And if you get it now, you'll be protected in time for winter holiday gatherings. Uh-huh. And will not be like you, will not get sick like you. You can't be a sick person and say, get the flu shot. You can't. You can't. You know what she should be doing is advising her husband to, number one, don't run for president again. And number two, take your hands off of women. It's weird. We've already warned you about this, Joe. You promised us you wouldn't do it anymore. And now you're even doing it to uh, Brittany Griner's wife. White House put out this. You won't be able to see it, but you'll hear Joe kind of bragging that uh, Brittany Griner's coming home while he's doing it. While hugging and touching and caressing Brittany Griner's wife in the Oval Office. That whole thing, hiding in plain sight. If I do it in front of people, it must be okay. No, it's not okay. It's never okay. Go ahead with that, please. She's on the ground. Stop it. Yep, she's on the ground. Great day. It's just such a good day. Oh, my God. She's on the ground. She's on the ground. She's on the ground. I think she already knew that, by the way, because she's not like she's just not totally blown away. She's I think she already knew that Joe's always and he's touching her. He's got both hands on her shoulders. Strange, strange. He said he would back off. He got caught doing that. He got caught sniffing all those ladies. All right, who's going shopping this weekend? Uh, I wish I could. I don't ever want to leave the house again, quite frankly. It's very creepy out there. Did I tell you I was walking across the street, almost got hit by a car twice, two different occasions, almost got hit by a car. This city has become too dangerous. Oh, got car, two cars and a bike. A bike. Those bikes are... T- I just want to order stuff online. I know. I know I'm not supposed to do that. I guess I can order directly from the small business. I am sick of it. This hustle and bustle is not nice. There's nothing even Christmassy in the air. How do we fix that? Carlotta, how do we fix that? Welcome back. Uh, Hi. Thank you. I don't know how we fix it, but uh, you have to look on the net for a video, which is just the kind of thing you always feature. Uh, It's a woman, a beautiful young woman, speaking before the school board, dressed in a cat's costume, and telling them not to believe their eyes. She's not a woman. She's a cat. Yeah, I think I had her on. She's from Iowa, right? I don't know. But yeah, she's from Iowa. I had her on about two months ago. It's an old video, but it's a good one. Okay, yes. Okay, all right, as long as you know about it. Have a wonderful holiday. Carlotta, where the hell have you been? I've been in Rhode Island. Well, f- fine. All right, enjoy. I'll see you later. Thank um, you. Bye-bye now. Yeah, those videos are, and it makes you proud of America and Americans when they stand up and they say these things. Now, oh, I don't know if we, the woman who said she was a cat was obviously, you know, kind of making a point, right? We don't, 
we can't identify like that. You can't stand up and say, I am now a woman. I am now a man. And by the way, who does this ultimately put at risk? We know children, of course. But by and large, it puts women at risk. Now, why is that? Because there are more men who want to be women than women who want to be men. There just are, all right? And even at Rikers Island, even at Rikers Island, which is like, you know, they're not fooling around over there, all right? Good luck at Rikers Island. All kinds of weird stuff happens over there. But if you go over there and identify yourself as a woman, I mean, I'm sorry, as a, as, a, as a woman, they'll put you in with the women. Same goes for a bunch of jails in New Jersey. And you know what happens? Women get assaulted and raped by these men posing as women. It's a real problem. It's getting out of control. Yet the woke left, why are, why are people afraid? Why are people in government afraid? Why? What hold does this tyrannical, uh, gender-debasing community have? Why? Why are, they, why are they commanding this kind of authority? Do you know, Frank? Do you know? Why is that? How are they getting away with this? You know, I'm not sure how they're getting away with it, but I think they're fooling a lot of people because they're definitely the minority. Do you agree, Greg? Yeah, I agree. But therefore, then, like, where are they deriving their power if it's not from the people? Is it from money? What the hell's going I, I on? I can't quite figure it out, but keep going. Greg, it's got to be the smoke and mirrors to try to confuse us. It's got to be. I mean, it's just put us up in an upworld so that we get all distracted and confused. Like, for instance, right now, New York State wants to put masks back on our children when we know the harms of the mask wearing we know how much they've lost educationally it's, it's a terrible idea not to mention they're not at risk all right and the next step is going to be to try to shoot them up with this experimental vaccine it's disgusting greg these politicians have no business in medicine when are we going to get angry and, and get these guys out well, i think people are pretty angry but it's it is amazing that uh she was reelected. uh are, are, is this it is this it sanity is now uh, you know, ours, not theirs. It's a minority kind of thing. I don't know. I don't know, man. People are fed up. Uh, what are you happy about this Christmas? You got to be happy about something. I'm happy that my children are healthy. My family's healthy and we're going to live the best life we can in America while it's still free before it turns into a completely communistic state. All right. Uh, you see, you got it all figured out. I love it. Thank you, pal. Have a good one. Uh, that is an excellent, excellent attitude to have. And uh, I hope it's I hope it's contagious. I don't know. I actually feel pretty. Uh, I'm feeling a little bit low for a couple. Of, I don't know exactly why. I can't put my finger on it. I'd love to blame Harry and Megan, but I can't do that. It's it's my issue. It's my issue. Saul, welcome back. Hey, hey, Greg. Greg, um, as long as we have mail-in ballots, uh, one month after election ballot ballot counting. And all this crap is going on. Republicans will never win another key election again. And if you don't believe me, just don't. Saul, I believe you. Saul, I believe you. In fact, I, I've been saying that for a while myself. I, I, I mean, this is, I guess we're going to, there's only so much that can be done before Christmas. You know what I mean? But I have the same fear. And I don't see anybody, I don't see the alarm in the Republican Party that should exist right now. They're still trying to figure out who the damn speaker is. I saw a nightmare scenario where somehow uh, Hakeem Jeffries could become the speaker. Can you imagine that? There's a Republican majority, barely, 
Uh, but given those weirdo rules of the House of Representatives, there could be a scenario where Hakeem Jeffries becomes the Speaker of the House of Representatives. Man, I know, I know. I, there may not De- – Democrats may be the permanent majority party. But I know that can't happen. I mean, I know that – in my heart, I know – in my head, I think that can happen. In my heart, I know it won't. You know what I mean, Sal? And then I ha- I listened to James Golden yesterday, who is a smart man, and I listen to him all the time. But listen what he says, that the reason Herschel Walker lost the election is because it was painful to listen to him. I cannot believe what's come out of his mouth. So it was painful to listen to Herschel Walker and was okay to listen to uh, John Fetterman. I mean, <laughs> so you're right about this, that. This, this is Crazy. Hey, well, look, uh, you can say whatever you want on the radio. He said what he felt, but uh, I always said that, what's his name, Herschel, and we got a couple of sound bites from him, he was always great. Yeah, his tone wasn't, you know, he didn't sound like uh, Morgan Freeman, but it was what he was saying that I liked. He sounded real, and Warnock sounded like a guy, he sounded like a hustling preacher, you know, like that one in Brooklyn with the clothes, that guy. Give me a moment, thanks. Greg Kelly. This is the Greg Kelly Show. Is there a reason why we have candy all over the place? Who the hell eats Sour Patch Kids? Do we have nursery school students who work here? I got Sour Patch Kids. Licorice. I got a candy called Airheads. Airheads. What the hell is it? It's like some sort of a piece of taffy. You know what flavor it is? Mystery white. What does that even mean? How is this not illegal? You know, some of us have a problem when we're around sugar. I think we're programmed to go nuts. I'm one of I do. Listen, I love working here, but can we get rid of this crap? It's killing people. It's killing me. Across the street's no better. I got food all over the place. Cheap, horrible, bad-for-you, delicious food. <laughs> I mean, just... Matt Meany offered me the healthiest thing I've seen around here in a while. Pizza. <laughs> Gave me two pieces of pizza. Thanks. New Jersey diet, help me. NJ diet. I'm ready for the hair and saliva tests. Whatever you got. Whatever you need, I'll give it to you. Just let me lose those 40 pounds. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, the Meghan Markle thing. You think you think I got problems? I think I got problems. Meghan Markle, she's got problems. Uh, cut 42. My mom, like, honked her horn because this woman was taking a long time to, like, figure out how to get out. And the woman turned around and screamed the N-word at my mom. And I just remember my mom, like, I remember the grip that her hands had on the steering wheel. And, and like, you could see the, her, it was so tight where, like, the knuckles get all white. And she was just silent the rest of the drive home. We'd never talked about it. You know, what would be really fascinating is to watch this documentary without the music. You see how they had to put the piano in to make it sound like it was profound? You know, somebody said a horrible word to my mother 30 years ago. Uh, just, uh, it's life. And by the way, I think maybe at some point, I don't need to say it. I don't want to say the N-word. 
But just how pejorative is it if in all of these songs, all of these rap songs, it's just the other word. It's like, um, it's like, uh, you know, it's like it's a conjunction. It's everywhere. The N word. Uh, but it's 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 you can be sentenced to death if you use it in the wrong way. I mean, I don't need to say it. I don't want to say it. Seems like a pretty ugly word, but so subjective uh, is it applied, right? You know, you can't even. I, I remember Barack Obama used it in a in a podcast. Used it in a podcast. Some radio host in upstate New York said N word. He said N word. He didn't say. You know, he didn't say the word. He actually said N-word. He said, you know, and he got, he used, he used the euphemism in the wrong way. And he got, uh, he got canceled. So it's uh, bizarre. It's a bizarre Friday, isn't it? It feels a little bit weird somehow. Uh, Tom in Manhattan. Are you really in Manhattan? Yes, Greg. How are you, sir? Fine, fine. What's going on? Um, we need you for mayor, buddy. We need you. Um. I just went over the Triborough Bridge to 125th Street. 125th Street is zombie land. It's it's unbelievable what it looks like. I thought it was, you know, cleaned up during you know Giuliani's, but it it's absolutely zombie land. You haven't been there in 20 years. No, no, I haven't been there in a few years, and I just went over the Triborough to the 125th. It is it's zombie land. What brings People you to the neighborhood? Around. Um, I just had to go to Mount Sinai and pick someone out, Mount Sinai Hospital, on Madison and a hundredth. Well, and um, I, it took me took me over the Triborough, and it's 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 really bad. Zombie Land One Twenty Five, <laughs> Zombie Land on Fifty Fifth Street, Forty Fifth Street, Thirty Fifth Street, Zombie Land all over the place. The city is in desperate, desperate shape. And yes, I am thinking about it, and I'm actually making some moves. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Oh, man. I just got a very important email, and I missed it. It came came a week ago. How uh, Am I the only one who does that now? I mean, emails. I get everything. Look at what's in my email box. I mean, I got all this stuff. Number one, I love Trump, but I get about 17 fundraising emails from him. A day. Uh, let's see here. I get. Uh, uh, I just get all this stuff. Uh, Dick Morris reports. I love that guy. I get his newsletter sixteen times a day. BMW of North America. I I leased one once. They won't stop bothering me. Fine jewelry from Saks Fifth Avenue. I never bought anything from them. Uh, the, the landlord always wants something bothering me about the rent. Give me a break. Um, some school on the upper, I mean, I just, no, <laughs> a lot of this stuff is uh, superfluous and you gotta, I have right now in my email situation, 9,730 unread emails. I can't sit down and read all those. Most of them, are, it's junk mail, but the problem is, and I just saw this, something very important slipped through the cracks and I am, let me see if I can rectify the situation. Uh, that's, that's, that's all I can remedy this, but is it me? Is it me? Is it, is it, is it society? Is it, I'm on my, excuse me, phone all the time. Although I do see that I text more than I, texting is actually becoming like email. It's all a project. It's all work. It's all work. We need to have more. Oh, 
Kristen Cinema left the uh, Democrat Party. That's uh, good for her. She will be not hailed as a hero. She'll be reviled and dismissed because you only are um, you only get credit if you leave the Republican Party. Kristen Cinema, the I guess former Democrat of Arizona, remember they were hassling her on planes. They were following her into the bathroom. You better vote this way. And Joe Biden just said, well, you know, that kind of comes to the territory. Cut 25, please. You're here to make a significant announcement. I've registered as an Arizona independent. I know some people might be a little bit surprised by this, but actually I think it makes a lot of sense. You know, a growing number of Arizonans and people like me just don't feel like we fit neatly into one party's box or the other. And so, like many across the state and the nation, I've decided to leave that partisan process and really just focus on the work that I think matters to Arizona and to our country, which is solving problems and getting things done. So uh, that sounds reasonable. But uh, she is being attacked and they're trying to destroy her. Although I think she's still going to caucus, they say caucus. What is She's still going to hang around the Democrats, but she won't be a Democrat. Um, What does it all mean? I do remember this happening a couple of times in history on the other side. Richard Shelby, a Republican from Alabama, he left the Democrat Party. He was condemned, reviled. Jim Jeffords left the Republican Party, senator from New Hampshire in, when was that, 2001? Some councilman that I like. Uh, I had him on the show last night. He left the Republican. He left the Democrat Party to become a Republican because of the crazy crime situation. That guy from Bensonhurst. Uh, do we have any Democrats out there who want to leave the Republican Party? Tony in White Plains, uh, the Democrat Party, I should say. Hi. Yeah, Greg. Uh, you know, Greg, I, I think I think we deserve everything that's happening. We, we deserve it. You know why? The great Bob Grant predicted all this stuff 40, 45 years ago. Everything that's happening right now. I used to listen to him every day. Everything that he said, like it came true, that's what's happening right now. I mean, he described it like you take the Empire State Building every day if you take a uh, brick. Hold on a second. All right. Um, skip all that part that Bob Grant predicted it correctly. Get to the part where it's our fault. Well, because we let it happen. I mean, changing names, names on buildings, Burning down police stations. What do you mean you we know? let it happen? Yeah, well, they just nobody did anything about it. We just stood by, being afraid of being called a racist. I t- Tony, uh, I'm not afraid of that. Are you? I mean, no, when you say we, I mean we just let it happen. I don't know. I think that's a very broad, overly broad uh, kind of. Uh, I think that's very inaccurate. I don't think that, uh, and I don't think we deserve it. I mean, we, you know, we're America. We're allowed to live our lives. We're allowed to pursue happiness. We have that document. It should be upheld. It should be right. That's the framework. And it has been destroyed. Is it is it your fault? Is it my fault? I mean, I've been kind of had water thrown in my face. I've I've, I've, I've been awakened. You know, it's going to take a hell of a lot more work. But I'm not saying, you know, you people out there should have been on guard about this. We're America. It's okay to pursue your life, live your life, have fun, have a good time, pursue happiness. I think that's okay. I don't know. I don't. I. I, I can't. Uh, I'm, no. There are not people trying to disparage us to begin with, and now you're jumping in. You're disparaging yourself and me and all of us because they burned a police station down to the ground. I know it's much more than that police station. And I don't think Bob Grant was all that accurate either. But anyway, Tony, what else is going on? 
Well, I mean, I'm talking about the people that represent us. They, they let it happen. Well, that's a difference. That's a bit of a difference between us and the electeds. We, you know, it, it is what it is. What did Churchill say? Democracy, the worst system in the world, except for all the others. Okay, it's got problems. And, you know, hey, we shocked the system, right? We sent Donald Trump down there. He won that election fair and square, and they stopped him any way they could. Tried to sabotage his presidency. So, um, but by the way, just take you, Tony. I mean, don't be, uh, let me ask you, are your colleagues or whoever you work with, are your neighbors and friends, are they afraid of getting canceled? I mean, I am surprised at how many civilians, if you will, are keeping their head down and not, not taking a stand. Maybe, maybe you are onto something. Maybe you did let this happen, Tony. No, I didn't, but I, but I, I don't know. I mean, you're letting yourself off the hook pretty easy there. I mean, you take my own wife. If I speak up sometimes, she oh, don't say nothing. You know, I, I tell her. That's why all this stuff is happening, because people, people like, like my wife, that, that they don't want, she doesn't want me to speak up because she's afraid something might happen. That's why all this stuff goes on, because everybody's afraid. All right. afraid being called a racist or getting knocked over the head or whatever. I have the solution. Divorce your wife. I'm only kidding, Tony. Come on. I, we can't blame her. If I, I tell you how long I've been married, you, you, you probably didn't even, you wouldn't believe me. Probably older than, uh, longer than you. Your, your, your I can believe it. 50 years, 60 years, 70 years? How many years? I can't tell you exactly. All right. Anyway, uh, you don't even know. <laughs> Come well, on. No, I know. I know. All right. All right. Tony, listen, just teasing. Uh, don't get discouraged. Too many people are getting discouraged, all right? Even me. It can happen to me. I can get down. One thing I got to do, I don't want to talk about my diet again, but I got to eat better. Uh, because the moment I eat something bad and then I see a bad thing in the news, then it really gets bad. But if I eat a little bit better and I see a bad thing in the news, I can take it better. Anyway, that's just uh, that's just me. Tony, uh, What did uh, something tells me you're retired. What was your uh, line of work? I was a horse trainer. I, tra- I train and drove harness horses. Wow. At Roosevelt Raceway? Uh, Yonkers Raceway? Where? Yonkers, Meadowlands, Roosevelt, Freehold, Monticello, you name it. Did you learn how to do that? Uh, I mean, you're, you're a native New Yorker. You, you, you learned that Yonkers? How, does that, how do you get into that? I was born and raised in, in, in White Plains. And you don't have to be that good at riding a horse because you're on that little carriage in the back, right? In the sulky, yeah. yeah. Wow. Did you like it? Wait a second. Were you uh, were you a jockey? Were you a, did you race them or did you just uh, like transport them around, exercise them? What'd you do? On train, drove everything. Did you race them? I I actually drove horses up until ten years ago. I know. When you say drive a horse, did you ever drive a horse in a race? Yes, <laughs> many times, thousands wow. of times. Wow, thousands of times. What an interesting uh, an interesting life. Times anyway. Any regrets? I got a broken leg. What happened? I was in a spill. What? I was in a spill. I was in an accident, in a race. In the in the stall? You mean before you got out of the? On a racetrack, Pocono Downs, Pennsylvania. That's amazing. Um, I remember Roosevelt Raceway. I, I I I not too far from my house. I only went there once. Looked like a lot of fun. Looked like a lot of fun. Well, that's interesting, and you're retired. Who did you work for, by the way, New York State? I, I originally worked for a, a trainer when I started out. I worked for him for about three years, and then I went on my own. 
Uh, Greg, can I just say one thing? Wait, 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 wait. Um, all right, go ahead. I'm making a prediction. When history is written, if it's not written by these woke idiots, Donald Trump will go down as the best president in our lifetime. He did more good for this country than anyone could even imagine. And it's a shame what he's going through, him and his family. I actually feel sorry for him. Well, I agree with you. Uh, he's a tough guy, though. I um, And you know, he's in Florida right now, in Palm Beach, in a beautiful spot, surrounded by friends and loved ones and people who want these. He's got millions of friends he'll never meet, so he's in a very good spot. Um, and I, it's it just depends who writes that history. And uh, Tony, that's very big of you. I like it a lot. And... Uh, uh, yeah, I feel the same way. I do. Thanks, buddy. Uh, how about that? What a cool job riding those horses. Uh, and the little thing in the back. What do they call it? A, 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 shoot, I wish I got that. There's a name for it. Is this guy's name really Kojak in Baldwin? Hi, Kojak. Who loves you, baby? Yeah, it is Kojak. Where in Baldwin are you? We're in Baldwin on Grand Avenue. Grand Avenue and where? Yeah. Atlantic Avenue. Mm, uh, okay. All right. What? Uh, okay. What's, either way. What's up? What the guy said before, Tony. I agree. With, I disagree with him, but I agree with him. But I voiced my opinion, and you know what? I lost many friends. I couldn't really care less because it's about time people spoke up and say what they actually feel and mean instead of being like a regular uh, Republican and just sit back and let everybody walk all over. Yeah, friends are. You know what? Friends are basically overrated, to be honest. Friends are overrated. You can, you need one or two good ones, and that's it. You don't need lots and lots of friends. I've lost lot. I've lost a lot of friends. I feel lighter and better without them. Who needs them? Asking for stuff, you know. Sometimes they're they're jealous of you, or you're jealous of them. Uh, you hang around them too long. Everyone gets sick of each other eventually. I don't know. I mean, I'm not. It's okay not having the friends. Actually, too much. Too much. Uh, no. Too much. Too much hassle. Go, Jack. I agree with Greg, absolutely, totally. And I got to admit, Trump, he's my man. He's trying to make America great again, but he's getting knocked around so much, it bothers me. And Joe Biden, FJB, won't go to the border because the important things? No way. I disagree. All right, man. Thank you. So what's up with the Kojak thing? Is that your real name or what? What? Yeah. My first name is Theo. So it's Theo. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, that guy's from Long Island, by the way. He went to Sawanica High School, Telly Savalas. He went to Sawanica High School, and he lived in Floral Park, and he lived in uh, Garden City East, and, uh, yeah, he was from Long Island. Everybody thought he was from Athens. He's uh, He was a Long Island guy. Thanks, pal, very much. Let's do one more. Uh, Friday Phones in honor of Rush Limbaugh. Kelly in Westchester, hi. Hi, Greg. How are you? How are you? Good. I just want... I'm good. I just wanted to tell you when you were talking about Rikers Island, it yeah. reminded me of a story a guy told me about years ago. You know how all these kids walk around with their pants down, showing yeah. everything yeah. God gave them? Yeah, well. It actually started in the prison as his father-in-law was uh, a warden at Rikers. And he told me it started in the prisons to let the other prisoners know that I am available and I'm willing. So these kids that walk around thinking that they're making a fashion statement, they're gangsters or this, that, and the other thing, that's the true meaning of it. Are you sure about that story? I am very sure about I mean, that I'm story. sure somebody told you that, but I don't know if that's the whole story. Is that really the story? 
I don't think that's the story. I'm, I'm probably going back at least 15, 16 years ago. Well, I know, but people were wearing the pants down lower earlier than 15 or 16 years ago. That started in the ni- that started, started in the 90s. It started in the prisons. Mm, you may be right, but I think I would have heard that by now. Uh, and who told you this? Some 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 warden you know? A friend of mine. No, his father-in-law was the warden at That Rikers. sounds a very tenuous connection, quite frankly. Your friend's <laughs> father-in-law you know, no, that's not that's not close enough. That's just not close enough. Fifteen years ago, your friend's father-in-law, and you call the radio station and report it like it's fact. Yes, it was fact. No, Kelly. Well, I'll tell you what. There's a difference in fact. We we can agree that it's a fact in that your was it your friend's father-in-law. Why? Wait, who? My friend's father-in-law. Your friend's father-in-law told your friend, who in turn told you. No, he told me. Oh, he told you directly. Okay. All right. All right. So I know that you heard that, but guess what? Your friend's father-in-law may not be the ultimate answer on that one. So it's a fact that he told you that. I don't know if that's a fact. I I don't know where to look that up either. Do you remember when Bill Cosby was complaining about that? All the guys wearing their pants down low? Yes. Um, They gave him a hard time for that. I've been accused of wearing my pants a little bit low. You know that? It's not a good look. Uh, it's a comfortable it look, especially when your belly's getting big. It like I don't know. It, no, it, I'm not. I'm not talking about the dad bod wearing your pants under your belly. I'm talking about the pants down below your butt. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I know what you mean, but I, I don't want my belly over my belt. So what I do is I push the pants down a little bit further because I don't want the belly hitting the belt. I know that look, and I don't like that look. That's the Fat Albert look. If you look up Fat Albert from those cartoons, Fat Albert, one of the things he had going for him, and I'll give this to Bill Cosby. He was consistent. Fat Albert was very fat, but he actually, with under that orange sweater, he had a belt. He wore a belt, and he tucked in his sweater. And when I'm fat, when I gain weight, I'm not tucking anything in. I always keep the, uh, you know, I keep it on the outside. All right, Kelly, look, you could be right about that. I'm going to check it out, and thank you so much. Have a great weekend. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. This is the Greg Kelly Show. Well, um, that woman who called up about the sagging pants. uh, Others, that theory is out there, but it's murky. It's murky. And a lot has been written on this. A Los Angeles police officer was talking about it all the way back in uh, the 1980s. Kids are dressing for death, he said. And this is the look that indicates, uh, you know, gang gang life. Let me see here. Uh, but they call it a myth. The most familiar origin myth for sagging pants sometimes goes like this. Convicts prohibited from wearing belts often wore sagging prison-issued uniforms, and they carried that look with them once they were back on the outside. Another story goes that some prisoners would wear their pants low to let other inmates know they were sexually available. Both have been, have been tent poles of the scared straight arguments against sagging for a long time. Uh, all right. Uh, but it's murky as to how true this is. What am I reading from, by the way? Oh, NPR. You never know with them. Um, I don't think we can definitively say that sagging began in prison, said Tanisha C. Ford, a historian at the University of Massachusetts at Amherst who researches fashion. Um now, here's where it gets a little bit interesting. Well, that's interesting, too. But uh, 
This is another theory about where the saggy pants came from. The zoot suit. All right. All this drama around young brown kids, baggy clothes, and crime goes back much further than hip-hop and street gangs. In the 1930s, black and Mexican-American men in California began rocking big, oversized suit jackets and pants that tapered down at their ankles. Zoot suits. Uh, Ford, the fashion historian, said the look was born out of improvisation since many of those kids couldn't afford tailors. A lot of kids would just go to the thrift store to buy those suits and then get their mom or their aunts to taper the pants. Uh, Luis Alvarez, a historian at the University of California, San Diego, uh, wrote a book about it called The Power of the, the Zoot. said that just like the origins of sagging pants, the genesis of the suits, zoot suit is pretty murky. What isn't in doubt, he said, is that the look was spread by black musicians as they traveled around the country. That's the zoot suit. All right, who knows? Uh, but I got to get ready for the... Oh, I can't believe it's Friday. It feels good. I feel kind of... Ooh, does it feel like Christmas at all? No. I partially because it's so warm outside, right? It's pretty warm. Larry, how are you? I'm fine, thanks, Greg. How are you doing? Fine. What's up? What I wanted to mention is I haven't spoken to you in months on months is how your family's doing. Your, They're good. Your, They're your good. Baby girl. Everyone's great. And, uh, and, and your dad, please send your best to him. And all I wanted to say is that have you sat down with your dad about the condition the world's in? and try to avoid it and be more family. And as you mentioned earlier about the pursuit of happiness, do you try to end your conversations that way and say, remember when and now what we're living in is just to live for our families alone? Uh, I don't No, We basically just talk about sports. Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> no, I, mean, I, I don't know. Wait, what do you How am I supposed to end my conversations with my dad? Well, I'm saying you ended with a, with a happy note. And we're always happy. I mean, we don't hang up on a photo of each other. I'm, I mean, I'm a happy person. I really am. You know where I get it from? Um, God. God and Zoloft. Get it? All right. That was a bad joke. All right. So, look, I do. I do. I do. I get it from I get it from taking care of myself and also really listening to God. And it's the best uh, It's the best therapy in the world, the Bible, Bible reading. It really is. So, uh you know, the world's been through tough times before. It'll be through tough times again. This is not Armageddon yet. But, Larry, I appreciate it. You're so kind. Where in California are you? In Northern California. The, the town's Novato. It's like 30 miles north of San Francisco. Oh, didn't you have your mom or somebody with you that time when you called? Yeah, uh, No, it was, my, it was my, my in-laws. Oh, it was so cool. And they watched the TV show. Anyway, Larry, thank you very much. Thanks for bearing with me. It's been a long week, but a good week. And, uh... Stay in touch. I'll see you tonight at 10 o'clock. Thank you. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.